Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky and this week I am joined with Marshall Staggs. Hey everybody. Chris Apple. Hi everyone. Zachary Katie. Ciao a tutti. Oh, I did it. <laughs> I did like the entire hand motions and everything. Like you have to speak. Uh, yeah. Um and I am joined to this week with the Nyack runner up, Brett Freeman. First hey, in guys. Swiss. First in Swiss. Second in yeah. our hearts. Second forever. Oh always a bridesmaid. <laughs> always a bridesmaid, never taken. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, we're going to talk space with Brett in a little bit. Uh, talk about his run over at Nyack. Uh, first, we're going to do a couple shout outs. Uh, I'll go first, but I was on last this past week's episode of Millennium Condor Bala da Fusion, or however you say it. I'm sorry, Bruno. But uh, Bruno, you're a great host. It was a ton of fun. Uh, unfortunately, Zach Matthews did lay down a smackdown on me. It was a close game, but uh, as soon as it does come out, I highly recommend you listen to it. It's a cluster F of laughs. We'll put it that way. But overall, good time. Cool. Zach, you got one, right? Yep. And then I just have one shout out from uh, my time in Rome this last month. It's been about three weeks there. And if you're ever in Rome and looking for a game store, there's a place called Avalon Roma. Uh, it's super close to the Vatican. Like you get off at the same metro stop and then just head the opposite direction. And super cool dudes. I end up. Just hanging out there for a couple hours, chatting games with them, bought some Italian X-Wing stuff. Really, like if you're ever in Rome and want super cool souvenirs, like Italian copies of any game, go there. They have it. Or they'll find it for you pretty quickly. So, you, did you pick up any X-Wing stuff, Zach? Yeah, I ended up picking up the uh, Republic box in Italian. So you can use that here, right? I can. And I used yeah, it yesterday. That's awesome. Like Guardini della Repubblica. <laughs> do you think the Pope plays X-Wing like it's that close to Vatican City that he's just like yo I'm gonna go play some X-Wing yeah no, I Papa think Frank is definitely a FIFA player oh FIFA player yeah nice he always plays Barcelona though the cheater oh I don't okay. know what any of this means cause... yeah god I wish I knew what you were talking about sports ball I'm sure it's really funny foreign <laughs> sports ball like speaking of that's which a, that's a double win I don't know <laughs> Speaking of which, we went to New York uh, this weekend, didn't we? Yeah, we went to New York. Uh, let's get back on track. Thanks, Chris. Um, <laughs> foreign sports ball. So, yeah. uh, congrats, Brett. Brett went 6 0 in Swiss, second in the uh, cut. Uh, Paul, you guys are like, are you guys like related at all? Because you are everywhere together. We are not. We're just best uh, buddies. Best buddies. <laughs> well, Paul plays fourth um, and because you beat his ass in the cut. Uh, but both of you guys were flying five A's, um, which seems to be a good, pretty good go-to list uh, that we'll get into a little bit. But uh, was it the same list? Yeah, it was uh, from yeah, yeah he, from what I can tell on List Fortress, same list, right? Yeah, he he copied my list entirely. Whoa, it seems like a trend for you guys. You guys are always running the same thing. Yeah, we we sort of feel like that gives us the best shot at you know trying to play test everything mentally, come up with what we think is actually the best. Sure. It I clearly mean, worked, right? I yeah. mean, the, the thing that was funny we were talking about it while we were there, Brett, was like the, the idea that Paul might change something about it just to have like an advantage over you. Yeah, <laughs> that, that cracked me up. Well, we always <laughs> play each other in Swiss too, and we we played 
there here in Swiss as well. So that would have probably been nice. Just um, cut a I, cut a copy of Heroic or something to get you in the mirror. <laughs> never cut Heroic. You have no idea how many times it procked. If you watch that final game, uh, the Solomon, the, the judge, was just getting triggered by how often I was getting rerolled. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, do you want to recap like your experience up in uh? And I act just like uh, if you want to go over any specific games or uh, your just general experience, if you want to go over your list, uh, exactly what it was. was yeah, like sure. Um, yeah, so my list was uh, Lulo with Heroic and Crackshot, Tally with Heroic, Crackshot, and Optics, Greer with Heroic, Crackshot, and Optics, Zari with Heroic and Optics, and the Blue Squadron with Heroic and Optics. Uh, so not a ton of variety there. Um, but I, I mean, I just think the five A's are so strong right now that that dual arc is phenomenal. Um, and they're just so fast that when one gets hurt, if you don't kill it that turn, you might never see it again for the rest of the game. Uh, so it, it does a decent job of not giving up too much MOV. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't give up the MOV and then it holds, it holds it late in the game too. Right. Um, like I, I, I actually paired against Paul, forget which round round it was second round second yeah. round right our game was super close it was like i lost by 10 points but there were there was a point towards the end where it was like man i feel like i'm winning but i'm not <laughs> like i'm definitely not <laughs> it, it, it's just it's just the uh the ability to kind of fly away and still put pressure on the opponent it's huge yeah i agree i mean it, it sort of really puts the burden of execution on them um and you know with the ability to just reposition after you rotate or reposition and then rotate the arc, you're, you're kind of make sure you're always on target, which mm -hmm. is also always phenomenal. Yeah. So, so one of the things I'm, I've always been interested about with these a wings, right. Is I played against them a lot, but I think I've only used them once or twice. Um, but it's sort of like the initial approach, right? So you still kind of have to get that right. You still have to set up a net for the first engagement. What happens after that is relatively easy, but like that first engagement isn't as easy as I think people kind of might assume it is, right? Uh, probably not. I mean, honestly, my, my approach was just try and come in from every different direction that I could um, and, you know, make them make a tough choice. And, you know, if I if I end up losing whatever ship they decided to go at with all of their list, that, that's fine because I have four others that hit just as hard for the most part. Um, so I just felt like the, the key was to make sure I was never trapping myself or, you know, maybe I'm going to get blocked and now I'm, you know, not going to be an A-wing, you know, who doesn't take damage anymore because I don't know that focus. Yeah, it makes sense. How so many... you're, you're okay. still casting a net, right? But it's like, yeah. it's, you're, I, I, you're not at all moving in formation with these, right? They're, they're kind of slowly encroaching on an area of the board and then kind of blooming out right after that. Yeah, I mean, oftentimes I would try and kind of group everyone together, maybe just for, for one shot, and then everyone would, yeah, just bloom out, uh, you know, in completely different directions. Um, show them the, you know, the rear arcs and, and just take those pot shots um, and paper cut for days. How many of your games have gone to time, or, like, was it more, did you actually, I mean, you went 6-0 and in Swiss, but, like, did the majority of your games go to time, or was it, um, for the most part, you destroying the whole list? One game did not go to time. Um, I did have a buy, so we're only talking about five. But uh, yeah, one game I probably finished five minutes early. Um, that was my fifth round, but everything else either went to the last round or, or just we did not finish. Hmm. 
And uh, for Paul, I think it was basically the exact same way. Um, so, you know, five A's, you're going to play a lot of, you know, of X-Wing and not get a lot of breaks. What, what would you say your most challenging matchup of the day was? Even if it wasn't the final. Uh, so the last round I played a Vader Suntir uh, Vermeil list, which is sort of just the, the list I love the most. Um, in fact, up until about 10 minutes before the tournament started, I was planning on maybe switching out to that list just because I love those those two, you know, Initiative 6 aces. Um, and, I mean, they, they can hit really hard. And, uh, you know, on the, the 5-0 and o table, you know, clearly your opponent knows what he's doing with them. So that game came down to the last shot um, where I killed Vader, range 3, ended up not being obstructed. I got one damage and he blanked, if I recall correctly. Um, so that was a that was definitely a tough one. Um, my second round, I played a Separatist Swarm. The guy made the cut, but honestly, the Separatist really just did not stand much of a chance. Um, I just had too much defense. Um, fourth round, same thing. Hey, so quick quick thing here. Um, part of the power of that Imperialist against the five A's is that it has two initiative six, right? Because it, it sort of negates the fact that you have two I-5 ships that almost always get to shoot, right? So I'm curious, exactly. did, did you lose one of the I-5s in the initial engage, or did they did you not allow them that target? I did not lose one of the I-5s in the initial engagement. Um, I lost my blue squadron, who I, I kind of fed uh, to the wolves there to you know try and stop that from happening. Um, I think I lost Lulo maybe on like the second or third round, if I remember correctly, but uh, yeah, no, the I-6 is the double repositioning, because uh, he had afterburners, obviously, on Vader. Uh, it's definitely very tough for, for the A-Wings, where you're used to having kind of perfect information when you're figuring out where you want your arc to be. At least for those two I-5s, you get that perfect information, right? Which, right. And then you also get that you get those two extra shots per game that the rest of the A's aren't getting, right? Yes. Where they, they aren't being killed. Um which is why, like, you know, high initiative is just a, a really natural counter to this type of thing. Like, truly high initiative. Yes, exactly. Um, the, the one nice thing is Vermeil basically doesn't exist in that matchup because you're just going to kill him in one turn. Um, <laughs> maybe Sad two, Vermeil. But uh, that yeah, means the, the two I6s still do more than enough work. Um, so yeah, that, was, that was probably the toughest matchup for sure. So can you talk about bagels? The uh, the Zari Bagel a, a wing that thing is ridiculous. Like it, the bump and boost. Yeah, I mean that. So that's really what I think I learned the most from this tournament was just how good Zari was. Um, I mean the ability it always seemed nice, but I could definitely tell by the later rounds. Like I was really figuring out the self bumps just to keep her back, keep her in position, and still get those actions. Uh, I mean, it's phenomenal. You just you, you, you can bump anyone, get both of your actions, rotate. Um, that's actually how I ended up killing Vermeil in that matchup, is I just flew Zari right in, where I knew I'd block all the aileron moves um, and hopefully block him altogether. It worked uh, perfectly, and it still gave me a focus for defense for when Vader came in to try and wreck my face. And then Greer is like... Greer's we only really talk about Lulu and Tally, but these two are actually legitimately threats when they're still on the board. Greer is hands down the best because with Greer you get that free rotate every time you complete a maneuver. Um, so you can you can do a one hard, get that free rotate, take your focus and boost, and just the angles you can get from that type of maneuver is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The coverage is is amazing. If I could only have one, it would probably be Greer. 
And the, I mean, so the, the A-Wings already have a pile of actions, right? Because you do the link, you can rotate and still focus, essentially, or you can right. you can boost and, and rotate. It's all kinds of crazy combinations. But Greer just, he just rotates casual, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, are casual. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then he's I-4, is that right? Yes, I-4. So, okay. you know, still decent, um, especially in this meta. So, uh, you know, Crackshot was nice on, on him as well. My big takeaway, man, is that you guys made an incredible meta call. Like, this is... Like, people were actually starting to shy away from A-Wings, it felt like, as you start to look at some of the more recent trial results. Um, but th- this was just the right meta call, for sure. Well, thanks. We we certainly tried. <laughs> and then you guys actually flew it well, which is a whole other thing. <laughs> Do you think you're going to be bringing the A-Wings to Redcaps? Uh, I know Paul is planning on it. I really want to fly Vader and Soontir, so sure. that's that's currently what I'm thinking. But he might convince me at the last minute to uh, to switch over. This boy is that trophy nice. I'd, I'd love to get one of those. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, do you have, we have anything else that we want to touch base on, Nyak? Yeah, just a couple quick thoughts. Um, so Republic ended up winning, right, Brett? It was the uh, Anakin... Uh, yeah. Ahsoka and then two torrents, which Anakin Ahsoka and, and two torrents there. Uh, okay. and boy, I gotta say in that match, I mean, the, my opponent Sam Page, I've played him before. He's he's phenomenal. Um, but the the two hour time really was a killer for me in that round for sure. Oh, that gives way too much time for Anakin and Ahsoka to just run around and set back up. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I went into that, I said, right, you know what, I'm probably never gonna kill Anakin. He's he's regening. Um, you know, he does Anakin things. So if I can just get to the end game with three A-Wings and Anakin, I'll be pretty happy. I can probably, you know, run or or at least, you know, scare him enough. Uh, that's exactly what I got. But I think I had like an hour and 15 minutes left. <laughs> and oh, no. I, I can't run <laughs> that, that long. You shouldn't have played so well so quickly. Um, no, but the real problem there, though, right, isn't just the initiative six of Anakin, but it's also the force charges, which pretty much say no to two dice attacks, right? I mean, they, yes, mm-hmm. that's that's a big I, problem. I got him to use both his regen charges, and I kind of considered that a win. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So he wasn't running much of a bit with that list? Did he have R2? He had anything? three points. Uh, so he had R2, and then he went with Heightened Perception on Ahsoka. Um, which, oh, wow. Oh, Did that come into play? How, how'd that work out? Yeah. Uh, actually, Heightened Perception killed Ahsoka um, because he was trying very hard to kill Lulo, popped Heightened Perception, uh, did take Lulo out, but at that point, my tally had a range one shot back, knowing that there were no mods left for Ahsoka, and uh, I got a, I think, like, a hit and two crits, and one was a direct, and it, it felt bad for Sam, I'm sure. Um, he came back, obviously, quite well, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't love Heighten there compared to R2, but maybe that's just because of the bias of how it played out. Yeah, it's interesting. I've seen heightened a couple times now on uh, on Mace, and it's it's fairly effective. But he's he's sort of more o- offensive to begin with the, with that extra force charge. Right. Nice. Last comment on Nyak, Andrew. Just so I I placed ninth, and I missed top eight by like I think it was thirty five MOV. All right, so you went. Brett and Paul there, but I got my dice, so I'm super stoked. And, and for the record, if Paul had just made a smarter choice in one of his rounds and shot at Wampa, you would have been in the cut, so I gave him a hard time the whole way back for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I needed to earn it. I should have won five games. I only won four. Don't blame Paul for Chris's mishappenings. We blame yeah. Paul for everything, guys. 
<laughs> oh, I mean, you could actually blame Paul because he beat me. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that too. <laughs> yeah, he. I think he deserved to be a cut. He beat me. Oh no, he played phenomenally. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, uh, they do have. It's not a stream, but they had recorded all the games. I'll post that in our show notes uh, after the episode. If you want to go back and watch any of the games, um, check out some of Brett's games. Are always a fun time to watch. Uh, I believe Chris yeah. is on there too in the second round. So oh, I'll nice. put them up so you, you can check them out. All right, Chris, well, I'm going to throw it over to you, uh, your thoughts on hyperspace and where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. is like the season starts to wind down. It's weird, weird saying that as like a season, like, but it literally is. It like is, that. It is though, isn't it? Like, aren't there very specific dates for like this first batch of regionals right. or whatever? And then, and then the second ones are like a whole other rotation. Like there's going to be a new prize kit, right? Sure, and like that, like come come July or whatever. We are like I don't think there's like anything towards the like I think the beginning of May, and then I'm not sure if there's much more at the end of May, the end of May, and then I don't think there's anything in June, and then we know mm. it starts up again in July. So it, it's interesting to see all this data that we collected. So I'll hand it over to you to uh, so we can talk about this. Yeah, sure. So I think at this point, all of us have been to a trial, right? At least one. Um, Oh, <laughs> sorry, Zach, but you'll have your chance, right? You're, you're going to go to red caps and actually not play, but you'll go, go to top deck, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just keep picking yourself a hole, Chris. That's yeah. Fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. You should go to one. Um, so, so, but I, what I wanted to do here was just sort of regroup from the episode we had, a, I think it was two episodes ago. We kind of talked about what we were doing to prepare for hyperspace. Right. Um, so now we can kind of reset on some of those assumptions. I, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I wanted to call out from the top, and this is maybe more true when the game is reasonably well balanced. Uh, but there's this concept of the rule of 2.5, which I've heard from some Australian players. Um, there's some Australian podcast, and it, it kills me that I don't know the name of it, but they, they've talked about this in the past. Um, essentially, this rule of 2.5 means that in any given Swiss, you're probably only going to face about two and a half like known lists or, or like truly meta lists. And the rest of it, it won't be bad necessarily, but it won't be something that you could have prepared for or predicted. Oh right? yeah, I, ca- I call it field jank. Yeah, it's, field like, jank. It's, it's always what gets me. It's, but the I, thing I, is, I it's not just jank, jank right? Like well, it's it's, yeah. it's it's like it's not bad necessarily. Right, it's just right. something else, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. which is the things I would make. So the reason I'm bringing this up, right, is that like we talk about preparing, and we always talk about preparing for all the medalists. Just playing against anybody will help you prepare for a tournament, right? Because you're going to face half of your opponents. You're just going to be random stuff. Um, Especially like rounds one and two. Like, Oh God. Yeah. 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 That's, that's for sure. And then, you know, the players are going to be a different skill, but you know, it's, it, that varies of course. Um, But it's just something that like, if you just sit down and practice against five A's for the next like two weeks, because Brett won with, or Brett got to the final table with it. That's a bad idea. It's still a bad idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, make sure your list works. Um, so that next thing on here, I just wanted to touch on. Brett, you could probably speak to this, but I'm wondering uh, if if five resistance A's is one of those lists that when it's all said and done in June, you know, we're going to see a couple of upgrades drop from it, but not have the whole thing disappear, right? Like, I can't imagine that they're going to force us to only be able to run four resistance A-wings, right? Yeah, I think that's definitely true. 
Um, I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that they're undercosted right now. Um, and, you know, that plus the combo of optics just giving you almost a guaranteed two hits is, is what makes it really scary. Um, so I, I think, you know, they're going to price it out so you can't get five uh, with optics and heroic. So you have to drop some of the dice modifiers, essentially, but you still exactly. get the ships. Right. That would be my guess. Which is, that's interesting, though, right? Because I think this becomes relevant as people are playing this season, thinking about next season. Like, if you put in reps with five resistance A-wings, like, you're not wasting your time, right? Like, it's in July, you'll still be able to probably run something like it. Um, yeah, you might have to cut all the heroics or something. Or, yeah, or I guess you'd cut the optics first, yeah. Um, so, but we're still in, like, kind of the heart of the season, so identifying those lists that are giving you more than 200 points is a concept, Right. Five resistance A's is one of those. That's not like that's not like a dig at the list. It's just it is right. We know that it's kind of on FFG's list, um, so you should you should look at it. It's okay. Um, so kind of in keeping with that, though, I think there's a whole bunch of other resistance lists that have they feel like they've dropped off a little, and I don't know if that's because the overlap of Republican resistance players is so significant, but there's a whole bunch of still really good resistance lists that we don't see as much of anymore. Um, and that's proving out with recent results as well, right? Where you know, like the quad, I, the quad fives, the quad I fives, and then Poe and and Lulo Tally and something else. Maybe they're not as well positioned for the meta where it's going, but they're still extremely solid. People just have switched to Republic, is my guess. Sure, I think we're definitely going to see a shift, especially with that new stuff coming out. Um, but with that being said, I think that it could just be, hey, this is the new toy. Um, and then once these points adjustments come out, people might start to fade back. Like it, it will be really interesting to see once all this dust settles from this new, where like all the numbers do stand. It, not even just like this dust settling, but like let's say like a year from now, seeing how things shake out, like how many people are playing each faction and true to that faction. Yeah, the initial excitement, right? I think is affecting some of the factions Absolutely, for yes. sure. We're like, yeah. it's not like resistance is suddenly bad, right? right. <laughs> Obviously, it has good pieces. Obviously, you can run five A's, but like, just you know, if you're thinking about taking quad fives, if we have any listeners who want to run resistance, go for it, right? Like, I think you could still absolutely make cut to okay. Yeah, it's still a great list, and I, but, uh... I can. I, I felt that way at Nyack. Like I would have felt comfortable with some of those those lists. I think also factoring in that a, probably a decent amount of four ship resistance people switched over to Rebel Beef too once it became more of a popular meta shift. That's reasonable, right? Yeah. When they didn't have to run their kind of they they got their named pilots back, then it's like they want to run that. I will uh, say I think Po plus three kind of dropped off um, to to a certain degree. I just feel like the flight pattern for Poe is so different than the A-Wings that kind of after the first, you know, couple rounds of combat, Poe's generally off on his own while the A-Wings are trying to, you know, do their A-Wing things. Um, so that one, I, I, I was looking at that very heavily, and I, I had to shy away from it. I just didn't think it was good enough. Yeah, it's a fair comment. And it's actually, Poe's cut rate is not as good as you'd expect it to be. Um, it's really, that's something that I, I want to look a lot closer at, at that again yeah. at some point, because he, paper, he, he just be disappeared, great. kind of. Sort of, I think yeah. he's. I think the problem. Is, he still just dies. Like I think. I think it, what you were saying. Like Poe can't keep up with the A wings, so he he gets in on the initial engagement, and then he has to kind of fly off and do his own thing. And if your opponent commits to Poe um, and ignores the A wings, like the A wings are going to mess him up. But Poe is definitely going to die, and he's going to give up 70, 80 MOV or something, which is like not great if you're trying to make a cut. So. 
Yeah, um, I, it's 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 maybe it's it's challenging, right? Because you can't yeah. you can't do things like Poe is really. It's actually a good segue into the next item here, but he's sort of like a beefier soon tier, right? And soon tier isn't isn't all that easy, right? He's great. There's cases where he's extremely easy, but like there's a lot of times where if you make one mistake, you've you've lost, right? <laughs> that ship. At least that's that shit. Fun. Right. It is what makes it yeah. fun, right? And that's what makes Poe kind of fun. Um, he's like a balanced I six. It's neat, right? So yeah. on on Empire, right? And like, I, I'm gradually becoming more and more of the Empire and First Order player that I've always been. But I still <laughs> like all the other factions. But man, Vader and Suntir, Brad, I'm with you. Like that was in my kit going up to Nyak as well. I was like, should I just drop First Order and run Vader, Suntir, and two bombers? Because that is that list is extremely good and the comfort level of two I sixes is, is something that I think is meta appropriate. Um, and tie swarm, we saw some ties from in Nyack that's still there, right? In the first round of the cut. Um, and I think there were a couple more out there as well. Yeah. I saw one at games and stuff. That's the thing. Yeah. There was a couple of them at games and stuff. Cause I went up against two in a row, which, Oh geez. I just, at that point, I was like, I'm just going to joust this and see what happens. And <laughs> it doesn't go well, right? <laughs> I, it was it was close. I mean, uh, I was running the SF, so it wasn't like if I just had cluster missiles, it could have been a different game. Yeah. So I think, I mean, this is actually just a fun thing to, to kind of take a quick note of. There's been so much discussion since 2.0 happened about like the TIE Swarm coming back and being something that people will play. I think we can put that conversation to rest now for a while. Like, this is the end state for TIE Swarm. It's good. It's good enough. A handful of people like it. Most people don't. You'll see it at tournaments. Yep. Like, we don't have to, we don't have to lament TIE Swarm not being played anymore. It gets played. Or not even lament, just like wonder, like, why aren't we seeing it? (laughs) It's like, we know, I think we figured it out a while ago, but we're finally getting the proof that, like, it's not that great. Like, it's pretty good. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Just difficult to fly for six rounds in a row. Well, it used to be, but now we have gas clouds, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, that, I think that's actually a legitimate piece of it is the gas clouds, right? Is that you can take a tie swarm and just kind of go wherever you want. Um, yeah, and just ignore pretty much everything that's on the board except for other ships. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating to watch, like just people just K turning onto stuff. Um, it's just so frustrating, I gotta say. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, I had one game over the weekend where it was just gas clouds. And of course I brought gas clouds cause I'm running tabs in. So it, it helps me out. Um, oh, sure. But it was a weird experience just to like, I, I just had tabs was running into everything and it was perfectly fine. He was, he's, he basically became an ace. I could just run around the board. <laughs> like it, it didn't matter. Um, so it, it, that, that's something that people really should get reps with is just gas cloud games. Um, if you have like an ace versus ace engagement where it's like Kylo versus Luke, you probably don't want to try and take shots at Luke when he's behind a gas cloud. That's a really bad, bad situation. Right. <laughs> um, so I, that's something that if you're going to a, a trial, just can't. Yeah, you, you want to you want to see what those do and what your list wants from them or needs to avoid. Um, I don't think they're particularly interesting, but the defensive boost is real. Uh, honestly, mm-hmm. if I'm going to a trial and I'm not running a tie swarm or some other you know real swarm. I would not bring gas clouds right now at all. No, it nope. gives way too much of an advantage for the yeah, time storm. Yeah. You know we'll be there. Yeah, just be a man and bring the biggest rocks you can. Big rocks. <laughs> Big rocks all day, every day. Well, there's no, yeah, re- so- there's, <laughs> there's no reason to take anything that's not big rocks. 
if you I'll have an ace list that's hill. i'll die on this hill <laughs> well so let's talk about that for a I'm second i'm with marshall right? um i think what you guys are saying right is if you're running an aces list or something that isn't worried about hitting rocks like bring some big rocks it's probably no, just okay. always bring big rocks that's what i'm saying Okay. Stop putting words in my mouth. <laughs> when would you? All right, so re- let's rephrase this. When would you not be bringing the big rocks to bring smaller rocks? When I uh, wasn't playing X Wing. If I'm if I'm flying like six vulture guards or something, which I would never do, but um, that if I'm flying like six dicks, what we just said. All right, Chris, what were we saying? <laughs> I literally, I, I'll leave it. This is my opinion on it. I think the big rock idea is totally fine, right? Like, because you want to have that turn zero matter and impact the game. Um, if you're bringing aces, I think you can bring like two big rocks and one of the gas clouds. That's a decent mix. Um, I I like the idea of running a mix of of them because you still can impact the board in a really significant way with the two biggest ones. And then you have a gas cloud that, you know, if there's an element of your list that it's it's like not every list has only aces, right? Um, Stop being a centrist. Right. I know. But if you're running Vermeil and you're bad at advanced ailerons, like maybe maybe, maybe (laughs) rocks are a dumb idea. So, uh, I mean, like, you're supposed to be the Imperial Fascist. Pick a side instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I've oh, been running geez. Trick Shot with Han and stuff, and it's kind of like I'm bringing the two biggest rocks, and then I'm bringing the biggest debris I can find because it's bigger than the rocks. So, it's something well, that the, Yeah, that debris, that debris is also super wide, and if you angle it right, right. it's like, yeah, that's... And, and no, I'm I get 100% confident that I am not hitting rocks. So, uh, I'm sure. past that state in the game. I can say that while, while I had a lot of strong opinions about them not adding much to the game, and I still kind of feel that way, that they take they take something away, they don't really add anything. Um, there is a small bit of nuance in like the 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 games that you have, the like the jumping behind in a gas cloud to sort of disengage. There's something slightly interesting about that. Um, I'm not I'm not used to like looking at the board and think and seeing those kind of safe zones. Um, we've talked about or biophysical had talked about that when he came on about kind of the, the heat map, like the threat maps on the board and all of that. These gas clouds really alter that. So um, Chris story time. You remember the first time we met. <laughs> I do. All right. So now <laughs> uh, for people that aren't familiar with the story, we were at a regional playing round six and it came down to Vader against Asajj and Asajj had the range three shot against a, a tokenless Vader. Now in, Obstructed, of course. Now imagine if that was a gas cloud instead of an asteroid. It would I have been made a... cut at my first regional, right? After I mean, playing three ghost bands, I would have been very pleased. So absolutely, like what what you just said completely reinforces what that is. Like it's the decision that maybe doing that boost barrel roll to get out of a to get into a range three shot, and now you have this auto thruster effect uh, could be a complete game changer as opposed to being a range two shot with tokens. Yeah, I think no matter what you choose, it's going to impact the game. That's kind of where I've landed on it, right? That like these gas clouds, while I find them uninteresting, they affect the game. Um, and then to Brett's point, they get, if you take them, you're giving up options and controlling a tie swarms approach, and that's that's a dangerous choice. Well, I think that the, mm. the other interesting thing that we're kind of skipping around too is, while in game it's adding something, not adding something, whatever, at turn zero before the game, it's adding an interesting new layer of like thought process. To your obstacle selection. Yeah, I mean yeah. the fact that we're debating it, right? Is it's yeah. it's a part of your list building stage at minimum. Um, I would like to see something change with how they, you know, if you overlap them, what the effect is. But that's for another another episode. Um, mm. So moving on, just to kind of rip through a, a few other 
kind of hyperspace thoughts. Um, Leia is is still remarkable. And the thing I want to kind of point out with Leia lists is the concept of disengaging from your opponent is like kind of fundamental to X-Wing, right? Like there's times when you need to peace out. Um, what Leia allows these rebel lists to do is to kind of just keep up pressure, keep offensive pressure on, on you know, the opponent, right? Mm-hmm. And it's similar in some ways to what the resistance A-Wings are doing where that turn where you're normally, you get a breather doesn't exist. And because of that, the way that you can, you know, kind of find the safe spots on the board, it just changes like in, in, in a fundamental way. Um, so most people are familiar with like lower initiative ships getting the white K turns, but something that, you know, is actually ridiculously strong is, is wedge with afterburners, right. And Leia triggering. Right. And torps, <laughs> like all yeah. of these things, because what happens then is that K turn suddenly has a bank on it. Right. And that bank suddenly ends with a four dice proton torp coming your way. Um, like these are these are things that for two points, Leia is kind of like opening up all this tactical flexibility. But the biggest thing in my mind is it's just if you don't have that kind of option to keep keep the offense going that turn, they just they just hunt down whatever is in front of them. Um, so I think a lot of people are considering bringing more aces now, right? Um, like, Brett, you were just talking about Vader and Soontir being in, in your kit. Everyone's running Jedi. Um, Vader is interesting because he gets FCS, right? So he can sort of do a little bit of this, where he K-turns, he still has force charges, he gets his reroll, he keeps the pressure on, right? Um, but that's that's cool. Jedi can do the same thing because of the force charges, and they never stress the turn before they K-turn. Leia's doing this. There's some factions that can't, though. And those factions, if you run a list from Scum that doesn't include a fire spray, they, they, they don't have this party trick, right? Like a Fang Fighter has very few options the turn after it was range one, other than to get the hell out of there or pray that they make a bad hard turn, right? And I think this is having a significant effect on what aces you, you see hit the table and have success. Um, I, I don't know if you've seen this in games, but like it's 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 a tricky thing. And like as long as Leia's reality at two points, you really need to be thinking through how to get to a spot on the board that won't result in you taking an uncontested shot. Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that uncontested uncontested shot concept we'll, we'll talk about later when we get to the system open. Um, but Republic, Zach, you're back. You missed the two episodes. We were just celebrating how cool the Republic is. <laughs> I'm but sorry. They're really cool. They're, they're really, really cool. cool. They're so good. It's so good. Like it's crazy um, how good it is. I think we could take a couple seconds just to talk about Republic again because they are they are showing up in every regional now, right? Like there's no question these things are good, and it's both beef and aces and mixes of the two, right? It's all legit. I played both my games last night wearing a lightsaber with my hair up and my top knot, and I was super mm-hmm. happy. <laughs> well so what were you running just out of curiosity now that you're finally getting back into it the first kind of jank for jedi not that janky was anakin mace and two torrents the jankiness of it was it was anakin with 7b stealth device and brilliant innovation which was stupid expensive but yeah. stupidly fun and no one ever hit him the entire game <laughs> Which okay. was great. So that general archetype, though, that you're talking about there, like that's what won a Nyack, and that yeah. that has placed several different places. Um, 
as several different trials. Yeah, so I was just running like a goofy version of that kind of archetype because then like so what is that... running calibrated targeting computer rather than seven B, which I was actually shockingly impressed with. Okay. Calibrated can be really good. I mean, yeah. if you if you can move second and just line that bullseye up, you hit so hard. Oh yeah, he evaporated a Corin in my game, and it felt really, really, really good. So tell me what the what are the torrents contributing to that list? Uh, they were the rabbits. You dangle them out there and hope that your opponent goes for them first. Okay. And they don't die. They and they, they don't always die. have one more HP than you want them to. It's really yeah. frustrating. Oh uh, yeah, the they, okay. The five HP is interesting. Five HP with two green dice and the evade action. All right. So Made what for are much tankier rabbits than my opponent was expecting? Right. What I've seen is essentially they they become really important blockers the more you leave them out there, right? And a lot of people will set up target locks with them, which becomes a serious issue. Meaning, like, the torrents will... Because no, if you're shooting at the torrent, like, that's what the Jedi player wants. Sure. So these torrents, like, the second engagement are setting up locks and they're getting fully modded shots. Um, and what's a little weird about them, as awkward as the dial is, they can actually turn around okay. Those two yeah. talons in the 3K are actually super useful. They're crappier B-Wings. So for anybody who's flown a lot of B-Wings, like myself, their dial's fine. Okay. You just gotta know how to play it. They're little knife fighters, just like B-Wings. So, I, you know, in, in, in kind of a similar vein, um, Republic Beef is also doing really well in making multiple trial cuts. Um, we see, you know, essentially two torrents, two arcs, and like seven seven B Tano is an option, or you can just drop the Jedi outright and run only arcs and torrents. Um, oh, that scares the crap out of me, but I feel like it's so good. Well, a I lot of it, I think, has it. sinker in it, right? Which you had asked oh, about you last need, time. Yeah, you need sinker, yeah. Um, which is, I don't know if that's just a function of the arcs being undercosted. They're really cheap, but enjoy while lasts. I mean, well, I think the worry was that no one was playing arcs in rebels at all. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the comparison really quick because I always have to. I always forget. I mean, Nora popped um, up every once in a while, and Nora won an open, right? Oh yeah. well. Also, there's not a um, rebels don't have a generic arc. They yeah. don't. I forgot about that. No, they still don't have a generic arc. That's yeah. a weird holdover from 1.0. Yeah. Um, oh, so they're really they're. Their cheapest arc is Initiative 3, uh, and it's 50 points, um, which I feel like is comparable. Um, maybe the the Republic arc might be a little cheaper. It's 42, um, I think, for the base. Oh, I mean the first named guy. So Jag okay. Jag is Initiative 3 for Republic, and he's 49. Right. So it's it's comparable. It's just that there's no generic. I Like a generic Republic arc would be... For, or a generic rebel arc would be 42 or 43 points or whatever like I don't th it's not I, I don't think the republic arcs are um, more efficiently costed than the rebel arcs it's just that the rebels don't have the same option right and I, I don't really even want to know what a, a rebel beef hyperspace list would look like with an arc in it a generic arc. But oh, I mean, let's not even... I, <laughs> the, the horror. The absolute horror. It couldn't be too much different than a Ewing, right? How, how, I don't know. Um, 
so other other republic lists though uh triple jedi so you get uh you're actually seeing trip jedi lists that are doing okay um i don't know what is the best of these yet but these these lower initiative name jedi have such cool pilot abilities and they're all useful that eventually something should kind of bubble up to the top from those um, I have I have many theories that will be tested over the next few weeks. If it involves the one that lets people change their dial, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, Lumina, <laughs> Luma, Luminara seems good. Luminara, Luminara seems too, pretty good. pretty good stuff. Um, so I, you know, this is just kind of crazy, right? Like I don't, I can't remember. I, well, they don't introduce kind of new content at this scale that often, but like for them to release this much new content into a faction and it just all of it kind of to hit immediately, um, it's pretty cool. So. Yeah, we'll see if that kind of continues, but so far, most of the trials, Republic is great. Uh, and then I just kind of some closing thoughts here on the, fa the factions no one really wants to talk about um, besides me. Uh, First Order is, I was I was super happy with how um, Kylo, Tavson, and Quickdraw performed. Like it was, everything that list didn't do was my own fault, essentially. Um so I think First Order, while it's a low percentage of the overall cuts and all of that, I think it's actually a little bit better suited for some of these matchups than people probably realize, um, particularly as the, the ship counts are, are dropping. Um, so if that's, your, if that's your game, you know, don't, don't worry about taking First Order to a trial. I think you can get it done. I don't even think you're doing yourself service, Chris. I mean, you could have won that game against Paul. You could have won that second loss you had very easily. I mean, you, you could have gotten six wins there, you know, flying first order. So I think it's, you know, really solid. The, the MOV was incredibly close, right? Like, I ended with, like, 1,600-plus MOV at 4-2. and two, um, Which And, like, the games that I won with that list were not close, um, except for the very last one. So I, I think I think you look at it, right, and, like, the under the underlying kind of thing is kylo has force charges and he's i5 and that's really good um but but is it that people don't want to fly kylo is that what it is i mean he's he's one of the bad guys right so i don't know people but, don't want to be one, one of the things well, i think about kylo is like i think care about that. people are overlooking is um his ability is probably still just as good but they don't see it like that anymore like they see his ability as not being this crazy powerhouse that it used to be. Well, because dam because damaged cockpit isn't a thing anymore. Sure. <laughs> well, all right. So, I mean, the only time I've ever actually used the ship ability is when I'm running hate, because then hate allows you to sort of take a damage and assign the condition and get your charge back all in one turn. Um, then it really becomes a factor. Like if you want to see a sad Anakin, a double stressed Anakin um, against quick draw and Kylo is is not super stoked. Um, but like that that's like the, the the pilot ability is sort of gravy, right? Like and I think pilot abilities in general for these high initiative like force users need to be mediocre. Oh yeah, um, like Obi-Wan's ability might as well be blank. Like he doesn't have a pilot ability. He's I five and he has three force charges. He yeah. uses it on himself sometimes to get a focus back, right? But when is he ever focusing? Well, fair. I mean, because you got those target locks and all oh, that. Oh, I don't know. i I focus with Anakin a lot. Yeah, you, you, you basically, you, you, with, with Obi-Wan, you're able to gain back the focus. But I guess on First Order, the, the, my main takeaway from the weekend was that um, my list actually had 24 HP, right? I had three ships, but I had, I had 24 health. Um, mm -hmm. And that is like, that's a lot. Like, I ran Five Striker Wampa for a long time 
that had 23 hit points and never felt like it had any hit points, right? Running this list with Tabson in it and even quick draw, like just everything gets to play. Um, so there's something there, right? Like first order's got a little bit more uh, um, kind of tankiness to it than I think people appreciate, which is cool. Um, so I, I don't know what else you run in it besides what I did. Like it's probably not time to run midnight yet i don't think the ship count has dropped enough mm. but midnight does tell jedi to pack their bags and go home. oh yeah i that's that's something that had not not occurred to me and uh i'm not looking forward to it it's if super she, fun she ever I mean, up, yeah. as the midnight player it's fun i can't imagine what it feels like for the jedi player because he invested all those points in those free charges right but uh, you get the reposition at least you know you're you know you're free to burn your force on fine-tuned controls <laughs> that's right um yeah so i you know i could talk about first order forever but scum last one here um i i just was alluding to it before i think this the, the best aces are fang fighters fen rao right and oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he just doesn't the way that the game is right now he doesn't have the hp and he doesn't have the ability to disengage or stay engaged without taking too much damage right like so it's all it's all kind of snowballed to a point where I think everyone's just shying away from it. Hot but it's, take. Go ahead. Fen was never good. We just deluded ourselves into thinking he was because Scum was desperate for an ace. Oh, oh no, I think I think he was good right when hyperspace dropped as a format. Uh, um, I, I think I think he was good at the beginning. I I, I don't. I know. think Fen was one of those things that was like just okay, but wasn't like that broken that people need to flock to like i think he's perfectly fine the way he is and he is there to do what he does but i mean fen really shines on his wingmates and i don't know if we're really seeing what we need for him to be there well so let's talk about a couple of things with fen right and we talk about fen all the time but i think it's because we talk about aces a lot because aces are fun and sure. fen is like the example of a balanced ace right and is like, he though is he though i, mean, I think so. i think well he's yeah he's balanced and because he's is balanced he you never see points him. better than soon tier uh, well so that let's dig into that right okay, so yeah. so what what does soon tier do differently than fen Rao, right like soon tier first die. of all is well he's 52 points he definitely dies right he doesn't Sutir can't defend at range three as well as he used to, unless you're behind a gas cloud or getting coordinated, right? Like, that's a problem. Um, so Sutir and Fen have the same issue, which is you either want to be taking a shot without taking a shot that you expect to take damage from, or you want to be just not involved, right? And, like, so, like, they both spend a lot of time at range infinity or range one. And Fen Rao, at least, gets to be at range one with free evades. Sutir can arc dodge that's what suntir gets like fen can't actually arc dodge as well as suntir can it's not on the menu for fen he can occasionally barrel roll but he can't do that boost barrel roll bullseye trick that suntir can at 52 right um so i i i just i feel like i feel like fen and four zealous is still workable i really do um but it's just logical for people to shy away from it while all these other easier aces are out there that's the one thing i'll agree with zach yeah, I mean, I think y you made my case for me. Like, aces need to be 
either arc dodgers or super tanky, and he is neither. He's super tanky in a very specific range band, right? And, uh, you know, the scary thing is we're eventually going to get snapshot, and then these Vang fighters are even more depressed. Um, but, you know, that's the, the other compounding factor is the rear arcs we've talked about before. Yeah, the rear arcs hurt them a lot. Frankly, I, I don't know if it would break anything if they just eroded some portion of Fang fighters to allow the rear arcs to to, to proc the evades. Um, I think it would it would make them ridiculously strong in some cases, but like, do we need that to suppress Fang fighters? I, I don't know. Um, yeah, if they if they fighters. change it to just you are in the attacker's firing arc as opposed to front arc. Ooh, yeah, that's, they, that's a slippery slope though that's so ooh, i know that's and it, it's such a powerful yeah. mechanic you know it's, yeah. it's almost like strikers right like i love strikers but advanced ailerons is actually super degenerate right like it's really fun but it's supernatural mm -hmm. so that it has mm -hmm. to be expensive maybe concord dawn is the same problem right yeah like it's too good for its own good um but uh the last thing here is i i wanted to talk about boba for a second not for not for very long but the rear arc boost trick that Boba's doing, um, we're going to talk about a little bit more when we get to the the open. But in a microchasm, like Brett, your resistance list with all the A wings, there any point in time where it felt like you're running a bunch of little mini Bobas? <laughs> all the time, and I spent the first four months of 2.0 running Boba, so it just flashbacks all the time. <laughs> And I mean, but the, the awesome thing is you end up with the focus, right? Like not even Boba can do that unless he's at range one, right? With the boost. Correct, yeah. So I, it's just interesting to see like people, Boba Boba's still pretty good, um, but you barely see it. I played against it in my, my sixth game, but it's uh, mm. it's just not there. I, I, I kind of hope. Oh, oh sorry. I, I just, I just want to bring up one list that was at Nyack, if you guys don't mind. Um, it was flown by Stephen yeah. Rice. It was just a two-ship resist our um, Jedi Republic list. Yeah, um, I saw this. Yeah. <laughs> Obi Wan with brilliant evasion, R two and seven B, and a shield upgrade, and Anakin with the same loadout. And he had nineteen hundred and thirty-six MOV, which included a buy where he lost a hundred MOV that he almost certainly wouldn't have lost if he played. I mean, it was just one of the most disgusting performances I've ever seen anyone do in a Swiss. I'm glad you brought that up. I remember looking over at that table and just assuming that one of those two things or both of them had supernatural. And then later I looked at the <laughs> like list wolf. results. Surely, surely Wolf died. Like he lost Wolf and that's okay. And he'll, oh. he'll be fine. But no, there well, was, so he, there was he, no Wolf. He just wolf. had two Jedi, right? That's all he had. Yeah, just, yeah. just two Jedi that, that never died and regen for days. And I mean, Steven's a phenomenal player. And just watching him go through Swiss like that was fantastic. I think when I talked to him briefly, I was like, are you ready to run all day? Because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, maybe, maybe with those Jedi, I, 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 I am really surprised to see Brilliant Evasion in there. Um, but in a two-ship list, I don't know. It's, uh, it's impressive as hell. I don't know. It seems like a case of what else do you throw in that slot if you're running two ships? And you can't fit Supernatural on both. But if you cut out Brilliant Evasion and Shield Upgrade, you have plenty of room to do whatever you want to do. Like, it's not, I don't know. It's not like Maybe? before he. Yeah, you two have... points on Supernatural. 
Well, so this is actually a super good segue into the very last thing I wanted to touch on, Andrew, and then we can get into the rest of this stuff. Um, I think my biggest takeaway from NIAC and looking at all these list results of the past couple of weeks, you can straight up just take like anything logical. Yeah. Like you don't really have to overthink these trials. Um, I think you can you can pretty much take a list that you're comfortable with, and if if you're thinking clearly that day in all of your games, that's a, that's a tall order, right? But if you're doing that, um, you have a really good shot of making making cut. Um, it's not it's not as hard as I think all the analysis make it makes it sound, right? Um, there, there's just tons of options, and I think there's a lot of options that people might kind of dismiss and look at as suboptimal. That you know, formerly we'd have a conversation of like net listing versus jank and all that. There's like because the game is balanced now. There's just this entire card pool of stuff in hyperspace that's legitimately fine that no one's touching and using. And there's just slightly different combos of like the few things that we have. Um, but it's, it's, it's totally workable. Sure. So. No, I, I 100% agree about that. Is that like, if you look at like all these different hyperspace trials that have gone out, like it's almost like there isn't one list that just wins them all. Like you're just seeing different stuff in the cuts and that's probably the best state of the game that we could be in for hyperspace at least. Yeah, it's incredible, right? And like, this is our first real meta cycle too, because everything before this with 2.0 was just sort of like a chaotic mess of nonsense, right? But like, we finally got, you know, an actual period of time where they're not changing anything. And we know that it, this is the game, right? Um, and it's, it's just so encouraging because there's plenty of like power pieces, but it's, it's, it's the sort of thing where like, we almost as a community have to change our tone about list building and like what we look at. Because it, it, I've just, for so many years, you look at X-Wing and it's, you could just kind of pick the top 25 things that are, are usable, right? Um, but, but you kind of, it's not really the case anymore, right? Like the, the player skill has, has such a huge impact on the outcome um, that even within Rebels, you don't, you don't have to strictly just take Rebel Beef, right? You can look at, at various combinations that don't even include Leia, um, each of the factions are that way. Like there's, there's all kinds of stuff below the surface that is totally, you know, Zach, you talk about this all the time. Like it's just, it's still good and it's overlooked and it's not jank. That's the, that's the key thing for me. It's still optimized. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, yeah. it's, it, that, I have a lot of thoughts on this, so I'm not sure we want to waste too much. Too no, much it's fine. I, I just like I think it's for people going to trials who are listening. Like I, yeah. Andrew, you had mentioned that someone listened to the cast and was like, "Oh, should I change my approach to you know what I'm doing here?" And the answer is like, no. Like, just no. just just take something you think is is workable sure. and I, practice it and yeah. keep refining it. I think that's the other big thing. Like that, I would if I were to say one thing about all this is continue to refine your list. Like as you play games with it, as you get reps in with it, you'll see the little tweaks you could make here or there in your endless building or your obstacle picking or your turn zero strategy. Like those little optimizations go a long way come tournament day. Right. And it depends on your goals too, right? Like I'm talking about this mainly from the perspective of do you want dice? Do you want to make cut? If you want to win the thing, then you you you, you know, your your parameters change slightly, right? Quality then becomes a different definition. Mm. Um, I know last, you just want to make year, last year when I was prepping for some regionals, um, I would go around and like, you know, like the first regional I went to, I did terrible. 
And then, like, I was talking to one of the guys in our area, and I was just like, man, I, I don't know what I'm going to run in this next one. The first thing I ran, like, just didn't really work out for me. And he, he looks at me, and he's like, well, what do you, like, what do you have the most practice with? And, like, I, I went with what I did. And, like, sure enough, that's when I started getting results was when I knew my list inside and out. Like, I didn't decide what I was going to change um, at the last second or anything like that. It was just, it was what I knew, and I knew what I was going to run. And... Like I said, that's what gave me the most results. Yeah. So I, you know, moving then to just a, a really, I'll I'll rip through this super fast because I think it's useful for the listeners. Is just a recap of of some of the other trials besides NIAC, um, and then we we can return to this kind of guessing turns concept. But I there were just wait for it. There were three OB Delta OBs with three arcs in the top eight in Indianapolis. So that's, that's cool. <laughs> um, we, we, we kind of speculated about, you know, Jedi was supported by clones. Well, apparently it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then oddball is also in the top eight um, oddball, the arc. <laughs> so shout out to that guy. I, I mean, he's not, he's not bad. No, but like, it's, uh, I don't know. He's, I don't know. He's I five with a decent pilot ability. I don't know. I just want to know how often he landed that bullseye, right? That's uh, <sighs> yeah, because it's a it's a it's a bullseye dependent pilot ability for an arc one seventy. That's kind of maybe it's right. just the initiative he's taken there. Besides Republic at this tournament, uh, we saw Vader soon tier double bombers. I think uh, two of those lists in the top eight. So along with the ties one, I uh, and then just kind of scrolling down here, Florida had a pretty decent sized regional. Uh, there were two six and O's. Both of them were from the latest, you know, factions. So Sinker and Arc and Four Torrents went went six and zero, which is crazy. And then we also got a Maul uh, and uh, four four Vultures with with ESC list that that went six and zero. So I, you know, we were wondering last time whether or not Separatists were good enough. Apparently, they are. No, I I, I definitely agree that Separatists are definitely there to stay. They're going to be good. And I think with the hyena bomber coming out and uh, this Nantex, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. It still takes a certain kind of player to be able to take all those gut punches all day, losing all those ships. But if you if you can stomach that, yeah. <laughs> apparently yeah. Maul with a whole bunch of upgrades. I think just to rattle this off real quick, because I think it's kind of crazy. He had Grievous crew and Dooku crew with proton bombs, K2B4 and hate on Maul. And then he was running grappling struts on, on uh, butter. I don't know his actual name, but that 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 uh, the one that passes the calculate, um, and then a whole bunch of initiative ones with uh, the ESC missiles. So that is a much fatter mall than I would expect. I keep assuming that I need an extra vulture for it to work, but apparently four mm-hmm. was enough. Um, and he doesn't even have crack in here, right? <laughs> that's so cool. Uh, oh yeah, that's pretty weird. K2B4. All right. Um, so the Italy trial, uh, nothing really interesting about the winners here. It's just some rebel beef. And then uh, the 6-0 was a Vader Duchess soon tier list with Prox Mines on Duchess. So props to that guy. That sounds like fun. Yeah, that's an awesome list. Yeah, that's really cool. That's like removing Whisper from an otherwise good list and then just winning six games anyways. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, he must have been doing some weird things with that prox mine. You'd you'd have to if you invest six points into Duchess there, like that prox mine had to have been relevant. 
Oh yeah. Okay. God, I, I want to see more mines pop up. Do you though? I do. Well, it's we're I just want to see hyena. bombs in general. Like not. We're getting a hyena. We're getting point. a Y wing. Yeah. It's, just wait. Just wait. I say that now. We had and then, uh, I'll take it. I'll eat my words in like three months. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we get some serious cost reductions to the resistance bomber, you might get more than you wish for there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, I guess we'll stay tuned for that. So, last thing, I guess, is moving on to uh, the largest system open ever with 500 players. So, this has been talked to death by basically everyone already. But, Andrew, you want to take this one? Sure, dude. Uh, so, first, congrats to Jack. He went, oh my God, how did he, to win a 550 person system open is an accomplishment on your own. Um, how many rounds of Swiss were there? Were there eight rounds of Swiss? It, I think FFG. It was a top 64. Yeah, it would just be the six round Swiss and everyone five okay. and one. Good God. Oh, wow. better. Okay. So, yeah. He was... Oh, I guess if it was a system open. Yeah. Okay. All right. He was running Han, the Han Jake. And from what I heard, or from what Jonathan was saying, that he's like an experienced Han Jake player. Like, that's what he's been running since like first edition. So, he probably knew what he was doing with this list. And, um,. He has some good experience with it, but he was running the R2 Kanan Inertial Hound that we've been seeing pop up with Luke Gunner nonetheless. So, like, this is a 144-point ship, um, which is pretty crazy, and then Jake and the A-Wing. So we we had that pop up. We're going to talk about that in a second. So then we had 10 Phantom lists in top 64, four K-Wings. Made top four. Right, top four, 4K wings made top four. Quad K wings list made top four. That's pretty great. I'm not even mad about that. I'm impressed. Um, so it, it we got a good data point, and I, I guess this really is going to bring us to this next topic. Is like, is it okay that extended has broken combos, and like, and then keep hyperspace as this well reformed thing. I'm not going to get into the fact that like Worlds is extended or all the system opens and Nationals looks to be extended. But like, is it okay that we have these crazy broken lists in extended versus the hyperspace balance that it is? Um, like, all right, so coming from a Magic background from when I was younger, like you had some ridiculous combos back when I played. It was called Extended and Standard. Um, I know it's not called that anymore, but I haven't followed in a long time. But it, it was, at the same time, it was, like, if you went to extend it, you went in knowing that you had all these crazy broken combos that you could do. And it was really came down to who could pull it off first. Like, who could get their combo to come off first. And I guess it's, it almost looks like it's leaning in the same direction as this is, are you falling into Han's trap that he is going to possibly arc dodge everything and not take the shots or are you the quad phantom player who you're going to make them come to you and stuff like that like stuff's just going to unravel the further we get into this game and all right i'm gonna like leave this up to uh, first i'm gonna ask zach and zach what is your opinion on this about uh han and the quad phantoms just basically being everywhere and do you think it's okay like I'll, i'll give you like four or five minutes Yes, it's okay. Short answer. Short answer. Um, All right, give me the elaborate answer. All right, elaborate answer. Yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion that every few months we have a new boogeyman that wins a tournament 
and the X-Wing community, like unfortunately far too many nerd communities these days, goes into full-on panic, the sky is falling, this is terrible for our community mode. And it never materializes. It never has. Sure. You know, phantoms are still around now after our system opened in Philly, what, five months ago, six months ago? But it's not like they're the only thing that's prevalent. I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you on this idea of like, you know, hyperspace is the balanced, simple format. Extended is the place for crazy shenanigans. But I think one of the beauties of 2.0 so far is that you're not seeing these oh my god, broken power lists all over the place. Is because there's so much other crap that people want to fly. And there's so many other things that people want to find the next. I think there's enough crazy list builders out there like myself that want to find the next thing rather than flying the current thing. So just a quick thing, Zach. Like this Han build if we let it persist, if it exists as a counter to quad phantoms in some capacity, right? Yes. Then the meta will shift on its own, right? Theoretically. Yep. And then something else will have to shift in to solve Han, right? And it just, but like, solve is a debatable word, right? Like, because some of these, some of the counterplay here is is extraordinarily limited against either of these lists. But I, I guess what you're alluding to is more of like when something really, really good shows up, our first instinct doesn't always have to be nerf that. It can be figure it out. Yeah. Right. And I this and, and this feeds into one of my biggest theories about extended versus hyperspace. Put on your tin hats for a second. My guess is that the game designers are looking at extended as their lack of a better term, extended QA process for X-Wing. Like, they are totally fine with letting all the crazy shit go wild and people find the broken combos because then they know what to and what not to put in hyperspace, which is their actual balanced preferred format moving forward. That's my theory. So... Uh, no, I agree with that. I'll, I, I, I'd buy that theory. I'll, I'd fashion my own tin hat based on that theory so where does that leave us though right because I, I think when we get to june they're going to address phantoms right sure like they'll, I mean, they'll obviously increase them i'm sure they'll continue to tweak things because extended is going to continue being a tournament format so you can't just let it go full-on wild west right. if you want the game to survive but i don't think they're that focused on making it quote unquote balanced it's just, it's not. Like, it's too much of a beast. There's too many things, too many potentially broken combos. They balance one thing, a new broken thing is going to pop up soon enough. Mm -hmm. So, that's fair enough. Um, specific to Han, though, right? I, the question everyone's asking is, should the inertial dampener combo work? Um, which, if, if everyone doesn't understand how this kind of is structured, essentially... It allows the Han player at I-6 to choose between stopping or doing their maneuver multiple times per game. And it's the options that Han has per turn are supernatural levels of, of positioning, right? So I think that's part of what's raising the kind of uproar around this list is 
Of course, it has the trigger card in it, Luke Gunner. But Luke Gunner is almost, in my opinion, gravy. Because it's just, if you think about Han, Han can already rotate his arc at I6. So there are a lot of situations where he can just look at the board and do that. The trick is Luke Gunner lets you do that as a free, free in quotes action. So it's kind of like that resistance A-wing thing is going on there. Um, is does he Luke Gunner's like, or does it let you just turn your turret? It lets it's you where you rotate your arc, yeah. Right, right but, but you don't it, have to spend your action on that. Right, right. I'm saying, can you do a stressed? Yeah, that, that, that I don't know. Um, yes, you can. Yes, okay. it's not an action. It's it a just rotate. says rotate. Okay, right. So I, I think this is like the perfect storm of a list, though, to get a reaction from the community, though. Right, we're not that far from 1.0. It has mechanics, particularly Luke Gunner, that everyone fears, right? And then on top of that, it happens to have a rule-specific interaction, which we just experienced with Dash Rorik, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I I don't know. I think there's components of this that have to get addressed. That's my opinion on it. It's similar to TIE Phantoms. It needs to get addressed, too. Um, but, like... The panic around the list, I think, is just amplified by like some components that actually aren't that big of a deal, right? Like, like Luke Gunner's crazy. I don't want Luke Gunner to ever be playable, but that's not the problem with this list. Yeah. Okay. So, like, my, my take is on this. Like, um, I'm like a little bit okay with it. Like, I think, I think people are overreacting, and it's kind of like people want to see like raise hype where like whenever they can and like could this be the simple interaction that they just need to raise phantoms up two points or a point that they need and possibly just rip the illicit slot out of han possibly um that that could be it but at the same time like it almost seems like i like when this stuff pops up because it's some of the, like you see these players that are playing it and they're the ones that are like okay like Nathan Idy is playing it uh Zach Matthews is playing it uh Jack I'm sorry I don't have your last name he's playing it but like it's kind of like they are rewarding these good players for making these perfect plays like if you put this list into the hands of someone and they literally just go and joust with Han they are not but going to win this game I got to challenge that though right like that is this that is the that is like the most basic level of player skill, right? Which is take a two ship list. That's party trick is to be able to go anywhere it wants after looking at the board and still get shots and have mods and regen and don't just joust with it. Like that's not a Nathan Idy skill. Sure. Or Zach Matthews skill. That's so like, I, I really I like mean, that one I would take issue with because it's sort of like, in well, that what, specific instance, yes, but it still takes skill to get totally out of arc and not get shot. And this yes, list, but, if it's getting shot at, it's not going to survive long. Well, all right, so let's get into that, right? And like again, I, I'm I'm with Andrew on the illicit thing being kind of all that's probably needed here, and the rest is just like all 1.0, close enough to 1.0 that we're triggered by it, right? <laughs> and we shouldn't overreact to that, but. This concept of options, I think, is worth talking about. The thing that this does that other lists don't is it forces essentially your opponent to guess more than you have to, right? So anytime a list basically puts all of the guesses on your opponent and you don't have to, 
like that that's something that is inherently powerful and the biggest thing for me is that it's specific to movement mechanics so because 2.0 is a better game movement matters more right and because movement matters more when you break it like really significant problems come up and I, i think that's the crux of this one for me is that when when the han player goes into a given turn they they're selecting from far more options than their opponent that are all good right but i mean that comes into the point of are you paying the points for that premium um like okay so you might have okay you might have like five ships that you're paying the premium to have five arcs now if you are have han that has two arcs i mean sure you are getting perfect information and everything like that but at the same time you're also lacking the firepower you're lacking some other options that you might have and that's what i'm kind of thinking like i mean i know granted so just thinking about like going back to bio's article about heat maps and everything like that like are you going to be the player that creates these hot heat maps or are you going to be the player that understands that you know or doesn't understand i should say let's han get out of these uh areas well, so that's kind of what I was alluding to, though, right? Which is that I think there are mechanics that can be balanced through point cost, right? I think I think this concept that, like, and we talked about this on an episode way back when I was sort of concerned about fat turrets being reduced in cost, right? And the, the potential impacts of that. I, I, I think that, like, there are some mechanics that the cost, and this was the same problem with 1.0, isn't a factor, right? At a certain point. Where if you combine the right things, the point cost is no longer as relevant as a as a negative, because the power of Hans Hans kind of point cost here is the same power that many 1.0 lists had, right? Which is I'm daring you to not lose on MOV, <laughs> right? I'm going to go get half points on one of your ship, and the game is going to end, right? Like that's that's what we're looking at here, and like it, it's it's all. It, we might be overreacting, but I know that I've run a suboptimal version of Han and regen seven shields against an opponent, right? It can do these things. So, I don't know. I, I, I think that we're not necessarily in a space where, like, leaving Han alone for the next however many months of extended would be super healthy for the community. I think I think if people will just continue to freak out about it. <laughs> Here's yeah. So like I have another like thing is like it's interesting to see like okay, granted like when we looked at Dash Rourke, it was it was a one ship list, but at the same time I think uh like if you look at something like Lando, like people just are passing up on Lando in the Falcon, and, and holy crap, dude, he's probably not like broken as Han, but like just being able to do that double action economy like i want to see like two ship lists be able to be playable in the game like i'm not saying that it necessarily has to be as broken as this combo might be but i want it to be a valid option that you can take like i mean like you're paying a premium for these large base ships and if and like i'm not saying that like it's right or wrong or anything like that like it's a play style if you want to be able to run two ships, I think it should be an option that you can actually do that and have a chance of winning something. Um, but it really runs this fine line of is it broken or is it not broken? And 
Han, this might be broken and it might just need a simple tweak. But at the same time, is it going to be too much that is going to toss out some kind of two ship list build out there uh, completely out of the game? Like, I, I know there's going to be completely different voices on each end of the spectrum. There's going to be people that say the game should be played with four to five ships. And then there's people that say, well, I prefer playing the two ship list um, things. And both of them need to be completely viable in the game for it to succeed. Just one can't excel without the other being positive. And, and maybe this is the time for Fat Han to shine. Like, that it is almost like a gut check to some people that, like, okay, two ship lists can exist. And let's start taking a look at other things possible to see where it, it does land. So, but do you think it's a two ship list? I don't think that's what people are focusing on. Like, I think what triggers people with this is more of like the spirit of X Wing, right? Like, like, and this is this is like way too ridiculous, kind of to phrase it that way. But I, I think like when people complain about lists like this, a lot of it's coming from like whatever their perception is of what the game is about and moving ships around and all of that. Um, and the thing that everyone brings up is is like arcs and dials mattering, right? Like that's all kind of baked into this. Is like people look at this list and they 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 feel that and they they get angry at it right away. Um, no, I, I 100% know what you're saying. Um, and, and like it, it, like I said, it's really that fine line where, uh, like, I don't have enough personal experience against it to know. I, I, yeah, like that. And that's why I'm saying like right. this this options thing is like it's a serious issue because because it's not like like Han in hyperspace without Kanan is still really good like just ask zach matthews about what he did at crate cup right? right is that completely busted i don't know i don't think so necessarily sure i i would not uh, say so without canaan right it's it's still very good but it's not it's, it's potentially not game breaking um so that, that's actually the good thing for this right is that like if this is a if this is a ship that you want to be viable i i'm still the opinion luke gunner is just garbage and shouldn't exist in the game <laughs> right i could say that <laughs> I think it's a dumb idea, yeah. and I don't see why it needs to exist in any capacity. Supernatural is the same way, but besides those two cards, a good Han is fine. Like kudos, it's cool, right? But like a too good Han, that's a problem. <laughs> that's that's what everyone's freaking out about. It's sure. too good. Yeah, and, and again, to go back on Zach's point, like I, I think people might overreact because literally we live in an age where ffg can just hot take and be like guess what this doesn't exist anymore like we've seen it happen in basically twice already between uh hi or hyperspace data tracking and ta not tabs and dash work so like if anything gets to the point that it's crazy this wasn't the way the game was supposed to work they can just snap their fingers and when let's say i, I want them to fan of this thanos this yeah thing, man. like yeah for sure like they should do that do that next week like what they did with dash rorick was so dumb like they, that rule was clarified on the forums, and then literally, they just waited for you know that that kind of point adjust to go clarify it. It, it made no sense. Sure. Like it's if something's busted that you know is rule based, like you have no reason to wait. You know, I mean, it, it's. I don't think this is like a wait for the meta to develop moment. It's just go fix this inertial dampeners nonsense and move on. Sure. I mean, that could just be the problem. But like I said, I personally, I mean, I've been dabbling with Han since I knew his points were dropping and he's super good. Like as soon as I saw it, I was just like, Han is something that needs to be looked at. Um, 
It's, I, like I said, I, I don't know if it's people overreacting or if it is something to be worried about. Like, I think there really needs to be more data points. Um, I'd encourage people to test it. Just go out and test it, run it against some stuff, and don't just joust. And then, then right. form and, an and like And, like, here's, here's the other thing is that if you are going to Thanos snap this, then it's kind of like, well, if you're Thanos snapping this, I feel like you probably should do the same with quad phantoms. Like... I don't know. It, it might be another time that we are in that, like, they're literally at a point that, like, okay, we only have two or three system opens left to go. We <laughs> will take care of this at, during the points adjustment that's supposed to be coming in June. Or so we're yeah. all speculating. So it, it could be either or. Um, my advice to everyone is just relax. Um, if you're worried about it, play it. See what the weaknesses are, what you, you know, um, want to do with it and really just relax with it and wait to see what happens. Cause FFG seems like they're on top of the ball with the metagame and know what they are doing. Yeah. And just I, I, go to a hyperspace trial. You'll enjoy it. It's fun. Sure, yeah. It's not there yet. Yeah, Brett. I, I, do want to say, I, I think this is list is kind of a lot more skill based. Like Andrew was saying though, well, maybe not skill based is the right word, but these players who have done really well are extremely skilled. I mean, Jack took this to, I think top 16 in worlds like two years ago. Uh, I mean, obviously it was in 1.0, but still with Han and Jake, top 16 at Worlds. I mean, these are not your your normal players, and we're not seeing a ton of data points popping up everywhere. We're seeing, you know, the Nathan Ides do really well, Zach Matthews. I, I think it's too early to panic, personally. Yeah, that, that's the thing, though, where if you actually look at the cut data and you look at multiple tournaments over however many, you know, months we've had, this isn't new, right? Um I think, I think that's part of what a lot of the community is reacting to, right? Is that it, it traces back to, you know, much more than just this most recent system open or Nathan's Nathan's results. Sure, but I mean, um, like, but to, I mean, to that argument, you could just say quad phantoms is the same exact data point. Yeah, I just, I, I, I Andrew, you brought up the skill thing. At any time that's brought up, I'll challenge it because I don't. I, I, anytime anyone wins anything, they're they're a good player, and congrats to them. That means they thought clearly all day and they did it right. They didn't make too many mistakes, right? Like it's that's awesome. But if you separate those two things, like list and player, I mean anybody anyone on this, you know, conversation right now, like Han is Han is within your reach. <laughs> right? Like it's it's not beyond you. Like we're not talking about um we're not we're not talking about anything that is like like extraordinarily high skill. It might require some baseline kind of concepts, but but I mean, if we're I, going along this line of argument, then is Rebel Beef OP? Does it need to be nerfed? Because it's appearing well, in the top eight all over yeah. the place. Well, so then, then you get into like a lot more granularity, right? Because there's sort of like different levels of, of defining what Broken looks like. That one is like a minor point adjustment to one card, potentially, right? Or two. Um, I, 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 this, this, to me, seems like it's more complicated than point adjustment. That's, I guess that's why I'm harping on it so much, right? Because it's about game mechanics in this case. And I think that's more complex than just point adjustment. Where you see a lot of lists that you can just adjust the points, it's fine. Um, this this just has so much going on, I think it gets a little more complicated. Sure. Um, all right, well, let's start to move on. Like I said, I, I think the biggest piece of advice is don't panic. We don't need to break the, ga the glass. We're fine. Um, it... It will be, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how this first year of X-Wing pans out. Like, it's a completely new game. 
Um, you know, I know Worlds is announced as extended. Maybe it'll be different next year. Maybe we will have two different like events for the World Championship next year. Uh, but I, I have trust in FFG that they will take care of any kind of meta changes that they need and we'll develop it. Like, like Sadak said, like this could just be the QA that they need for the game. Like it's uh, just having tested stuff before you don't catch everything and it's hard to catch everything. So like, this is really like the best possible thing that they can do is that they can now have the opportunity to change some things. I'm so grateful that this wasn't discovered in hyperspace when Kanan got gets released, right? Like that's right. that's all. Um, you know, that's that's fine. And then you know, to 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 Brett and your point, just one final comment on this: if you see people running it, don't throw shade at them. Like it's fine. Like it's not. You know what I mean? Like it's just a list. It's not a big deal. Um, but it it's it's worth discussing. Sure, I'd be the person that would run it and then try to joust you with it. Like you don't know. <laughs> who the person is on the other side of that dial. Um, unless you see, like, Nathan ID or Zach Matthews with it, and then you should just probably like, all right, I'm going to turn my ships backwards and fly off the board. Um, no, yeah. don't ever do that. But, no, like I said, don't, don't no panic. It's fine. Everything is fine. The ship's not on fire yet. All right, um, real quick, what time is it? 125. All right, so moving on, though, we had Wave 5 announced... And we have two new ships. We have a Separatist Nantex fighter ship and the BTL something armored Y-Wing coming to the Republic. Um, we're not going to go too deep into it because I'm sure you've probably heard it on all the other podcasts. So, and you know us, that's not what we do. But the one thing I do want to go into, the Nantex is actually a pretty cool concept for a new ship. Like, it's got a mobile arc um, and a bullseye arc with a um i'm sorry three dice attack and the mobile art is a two dice attack that can't be rotated to the rear so it's it's neat to see like a different concept of the game coming um when that template when we saw that template at nyack everyone was freaking out it was like that ship only has a bullseye that's so cool and it is cool right no it's definitely neat um We've got some new and some old upgrades coming out, so it'll be interesting to see how they get implemented into the game again. Um, oh my god, this Nantex fighter looks like the lady from Beetlejuice when she pulls her nose all the way out and like her mouth. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you're right. I'm still going to repaint them <laughs> to look like that. Oh my god. Um. So yeah, we, we do have some new ships coming, and then we have the armored up Y-Wing from the Republic. We got Anakin in that, which is going to be crazy. I don't know if I like that. Uh, you, yes. You're not looking forward to Initiative 6 Proton Torps from a Y-Wing? Is that alright? No, and it's got a different dial, so maybe that'll make up for it. It doesn't look like the dial's too good with just uh, one and two blues. The model looks amazing. That's all. And I, I can't run Anakin in the Delta, so... Oh, there right. you go. I'll pass on that. That's a difficult choice. It's at least the model looks cool. I like how it's just like a like the regular Y wings, like a Mad Max Y wing, and this one's like it like actually works. It's like sleek. It looks more like a V. I don't know, but um, it so oh my god, snapshot. We have snapshot coming back next episode. Uh, I no, I have strong opinions about this too. <laughs> so yeah, we'll talk about that next. Um, like I said, we're not going to get too deep into these. We also have the reprints of the VCX with the she the peed. Now I'm curious if they're going to have this dock. Did they mention that? 
Uh, yeah, they did say that it can dock uh, something out the back. So that'd be cool. Um, and then we have the ink ties in, or the Inquisitor tie, and the Jumpmaster and the Seeks because that's what everyone wants to fly is the Seeks. Um, Seeks. Oh my god, I really want to fly the Seeks. I'm not gonna lie, but they need to point to just them so bad. <laughs> yes. Just run Duke HL Seeks, and it's fine. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> we th- we just need to bring every generic like this down to Resistance A Wing scale cost, and we'll be fine. Hold up, so. maybe HLC Seeks will be the counter to Fat Han. Uh huh. I mean, think about it. <laughs> because it totally will get into those bullseye arcs one hundred percent of the time. He won't so when... out of them all. <laughs> oh my god! So w- when does this wave drop, though? So we're getting we're getting wave. Four. So it, it seems June? like yeah, it seems like it's three month cycles. So if the wave three dropped in March, it appears that wave four will drop in June, and this will probably drop in September. September? Maybe like who knows? They might do it like a early Gen Con release, and then maybe late August. That'd be cool. Wake um, me up when we get episode nine ships in December. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. that's it. I can't wait for. That's going to be really cool. And um, Mandalorian ships too. Oh, you're right, yeah. Oh, maybe that'll finally put Scum back on the map. Because Seeks aren't doing it. Um, so yeah, definitely te- check them out, though. Look at the article. And it's going to be interesting to see Dengar in hyperspace. Oh, I can't wait. Um, I'm afraid of, like... like <laughs> what we, Next time we should talk about what it would take to make Dengar a ship that you'd fly. Um, I... I I don't know the answer to that off the cuff. I know the answer to that, and that's called make R2 Astromech acceptable, like usable on him. If you put R2 Astromech on him, boom, done. Just change the entire dial? Okay. Right, yeah. So, I mean, like... Well, because the dial's rubbish, so that makes sense. (laughs) Right, I mean, it doesn't change his sloops back, but, I mean, it it makes his left turns green and his right turns white, which is fine. As long as he doesn't have that white sloop, it's super fine. All right, but we don't need to talk about that right now. Uh, we're probably going to close out this episode. Brett, I want to thank you for coming on this week. Uh, do you have any shout-outs or anything you want to mention before we close out? Uh, just thank you guys for having me on. This was fun. Uh, and I'll just do a shout-out to Paul, because if I don't, he'll kill me. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> sorry you couldn't come on. I know you did. You were invited. But uh, I know you probably had real-life stuff to take care of. But great showing. I uh, can't wait to see you at Redcaps. Which, speaking of which, it uh, real quick, it is going to be on May the 4th. Uh, we have a start time at 10 a.m. Doors will open at 9. We will be streaming all day. We are going to be going hard on the streaming. Um, we have about 20 spots left. If we know that there are going to be selling out, we do have the possibility to opening up to more spots. But we need to know, like, ASAP. Like, if people are just planning on walking in the door, that's not cool. Like... We, we want to try to get as many people as possible that want to play. So if you're on the fence about registering, just do it. Um, it's going to be a great day. I believe we are getting food for everyone that is coming. And it will also be BYOB. So, you know, if you're in the salt mines and you didn't do as great as you want, just get a beer across the street, bring it back, and have a good time. Uh, well, like I said, we will be streaming it all day. So we'll have some giveaways on the stream for everyone. Um, and then if you are coming in from out of town and possibly staying the night, we are doing an event the next day. We're hoping that the wave three kits are in so we can actually do our, uh, wave three 
championship out that day so we have more stuff to give away we aren't exactly settled on the format but we are definitely doing something so if you want to play both days regardless if you make the cut you absolutely can and we're going to have a ton of stuff to give away i heard uh, the format was going to be vcx only oh that would vcx and all fat han all the time <laughs> how about like just quad jump masters okay there all you right, go there we go <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we are going to do a second Eight day. seek battles. What if it was just like one-on-one guris? Alternating initiative. Alright, so if you're a fan of the show, we do have a Patreon. Our new alt arts should be ready by the time of this regional. Um, and then we will send them out to everyone that is a patron. They are turning out pretty great. I think I'm going to spoil them as soon as I have confirmation of the release date on them so if like i said if you're a fan of the show sub up and we will get them out to you uh but i think that does it about this week's episode if you enjoy the show join us on facebook at liberty squadron podcast that's it all right guys thanks for listening and have a great night ciao tutti what does that mean